Hello there, and welcome to another herb review video. This time we're going over the category herbs that clear heat from deficiency. Herbs that clear heat from deficiency. So up to now, we've been stuck in this really large category of herbs that clear heat, and this has just been going on forever. We had herbs that drain fire, herbs that cool the blood, herbs that clear heat and dry dampness, herbs that clear heat and resolve toxicity. And now we're finally to the end with our last section here, herbs that clear heat from deficiency. So, so far in this category, we've been dealing with internal heat rather than external heat. We've been dealing with internal heat, but we've usually been dealing with excess heat. Well, now in this category, we're going over herbs that treat deficiency heat or heat due to deficiency. Deficiency of what? Usually deficiency of yin. So a way we can look at this is you can think that there are certain substances and processes in our body that help speed things up, that activate, that move, that warm and transform. And we could refer to those things as yang. Then there are other substances and processes in our body that help us relax, slow down, store and hold things in, and also keep us cool. And we can call that yin. So when the parts of our body that keep us cool become deficient, we end up being hot. It's like our air conditioner is broken, the stuff, or the coolant in our engine has run out, that we don't have enough stuff keeping us cool. So as a result, we get hot. And so I just like to point that out because sometimes that's really confusing, especially to like first semester people that when we say deficiency heat, I'm like, what does that mean? Is it like the heat is deficient? What, what's going on? Well, really, no, this is heat due to deficiency or heat caused by deficiency. And so we call that deficiency heat or vacuity heat or empty heat. Those all mean the same thing. Turns out false heat, that's something different, but we're not going to talk about that right now. So deficiency heat, vacuity heat, or empty heat all mean the same thing. And so uh, what does this look like? Well, in our category, herbs that clear heat from deficiency, we're dealing with signs and symptoms of deficiency heat. So what do those signs and symptoms look like? Well, for yin deficiency, we might see things like tidal fever or afternoon fever. Basically, there's not enough yin to keep us cool, so we feel hot, as in feverish. So when we say tidal fever, that's fever that rises and falls like the tides. Basically, it's like a hot flash. So tidal fever is this rising and falling fever. We say afternoon fever. Sometimes we say afternoon fever or we say fever that worsens at night but is better in the morning. So why is this? Well, we can think that nighttime or afternoon, that's the yin time of day. And so when yin is deficient, we're going to feel especially hot during that time of day. So that's why we say nighttime fever that gets uh, that worsens at night but gets better in the morning. That's a classic sign of yin deficiency. So yin deficiency heat, you're going to feel hot, but we specifically say tidal fever, hot flashes, or afternoon or evening fever. Mal or flush is just redness in the face. So you get hot, so your face gets red. Five center heat, we can say five center heat or heat in the five hearts is what Nigel Weissman says. And the five centers are the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet, and the chest or the heart. So that's 
biocenter heat, we feel heat in these areas. Night sweats, sweating at night. Um, this can vary from I just get a little damp at night to sometimes you have people with severe yin deficiency will, where, where they say they have to get up and change the sheets because the sheets are soaked. They have to get up during the night to change them several times because they're sweating so much. And again, this is nighttime is the yin time of day. And yin is supposed to contain or hold things in. So when the yin is deficient, those fluids leak out. The heat is pushing them out. And it happens especially during the night because that is the yin time of day. We can also see seminal emission. So this is a, a symptom in men that when we have a lot of this deficiency heat, it basically like pushes the semen out. I guess this is kind of funny. I kind of think about this like... When we talk about bleeding due to heat, that uh, the heat causes this frenetic movement of blood and the blood starts to move outside of the vessels. I kind of think like the same thing is going on with the semen, that there's all this deficiency heat and it gets moving. So it just spurts out because of that heat. So that is a symptom that we might see in men. Um, really, we could say that we could kind of expand this to say that... Uh, high libido or hyperactive uh, sexual activity is that's usually due to heat and it's usually deficiency heat. So we could say seminal emission or hyperactive sex drive could be signs of yin deficiency. And then this is an interesting one, steaming bone disorder, steaming bone disorder. This is a very classic sign of yin deficiency, and it's exactly what it sounds like, that you feel this heat emanating from your bones. It feels like your bones are steaming. Now, it turns out there's actually a couple different types of steaming disorders. We can have steaming bone, steaming vessels, steaming skin, steaming flesh, all these different steaming disorders. Really, the only one we talk about in any detail is steaming bone disorder. And so maybe what you can think about here is when we say yin deficiency, we're talking mostly about kidney yin deficiency. And remember that in terms of the tissues, the kidney governs the bones. So when you have kidney yin deficiency, it, you have so much heat, it feels like your bones are steaming. So that's something that we'll see come up in a lot of these herbs. And when you get to formula class, we'll see formulas that are specifically used to treat steaming bone disorder. And this is a sign of severe kidney yin deficiency. We look at the tongue. The tongue is going to be red with little or no coat. So the tongue is red because of the heat. There's little or no coat because of the yin deficiency, that there's not enough yin fluids to produce a coat on the tongue. So we get a tongue with little, scanty, or no coat. Um, we don't say it here. We don't say it in Bensky, but uh, there might be cracks on the tongue as well. This is also a sign of dryness or yin deficiency. You can think of it like when you look at dirt or soil, when the soil dries out, it starts to develop cracks. And so the same thing happens in the tongue. When there's not enough yin to provide moisture to the tongue, it dries out and cracks start to form. So cracks on the tongue are also a sign of yin deficiency. But red because of the heat, little or no coat because of the yin deficiency. When we look at the pulse, the pulse is going to be thin and rapid. Again, rapid because of the heat. Heat causes things to speed up. And thin because there's just not enough yin substance to fill up the vessel. So when we say thin, this is something that was really kind of confusing to me at first. When we say thin, 
we're not talking about like the viscosity of the blood. When we say a thin pulse or a fine pulse or a thready pulse, we're talking about the diameter of the vessel. So the opposite of thin would be large. That's There's a large diameter in the vessel due to excess. Well, here the diameter of the vessel is narrower. The vessel is thin because there's not enough yin and blood to fill the vessel. So we feel a thin pulse. So those are some common signs and symptoms of yin deficiency. And so that's what we're going to be using these herbs here is to treat those types of signs and symptoms. So some other things we can say about these herbs, uh, just some general statements. These herbs eliminate internal heat. So not external heat, like when we were talking about cool lacquer to release the exterior, but this is for internal heat due to liver and kidney yin deficiency. So this is a little bit funny when we say liver and kidney yin deficiency. Technically, if we're being really pedantic, we could say there's a difference between liver yin deficiency and there's a different signs and symptoms for kidney yin deficiency. But honestly, we tend to group them together and just say liver and kidney yin deficiency. In fact, I had one Chinese teacher who would say that whenever you see the term liver and kidney yin deficiency, that just means kidney yin deficiency. And the only reason they do that is because in Chinese, things sound more poetic when you use four characters. So they needed an extra character. So they said, gan shen yin shu, liver kidney yin deficiency, just because it sounds more poetic. Now, I think some people could debate that. But generally, when we say liver and kidney yin deficiency, we're mostly talking about kidney yin deficiency. And the two kind of go together. So like Bensky tends to say liver and kidney yin deficiency. But when we look at Nigel Weissman, he actually hyphenates it. He says liver hyphen kidney yin deficiency. And that kind of emphasizes that the two really go together. So we're going to say liver and kidney yin deficiency. We kind of just mean kidney yin deficiency for the most part. And these herbs can also be used in the later stage of warm diseases when the heat lingers and the fluids have been damaged. So this is something that we were talking about when we talked about our herbs for Wen Bing diseases or Wen Bing theory, that when, these, when this heat penetrates to the deeper levels, that heat can often burn up or deplete the yin fluids. And so we end up with this heat from deficiency. Even after we kick out the heat pathogen, we can still have some lingering heat that sticks around just because the yin has been damaged. So we can use these herbs in these cases where a warm pathogen has damaged the uh, yin and fluids. And so we're going to see this that uh, a lot of our herbs in this category are specifically used for lingering fever in the aftermath of a febrile disease. So that's a major usage of these herbs. And then we can say that in cases of yin deficiency, we actually turn to the category herbs that tonify yin, which is a category we'll learn later, that in, in cases of deficiency, our treatment strategy should be to tonify yin to treat the root cause. However, herbs in this category, herbs that clear heat from deficiency, they're being used to treat the branch symptoms of heat. So that's something that we can say about these herbs is um, herbs that tonify yin treat the root because we're tonifying the deficiency. Herbs that clear heat from deficiency treat the branch symptoms of heat. And so we should keep this in mind when we're using these herbs that we're only treating the branch symptoms. We may have to combine it with other herbs that treat the root cause. 
So at this point, some people ask, why would we bother doing this? If the, if the root cause is yin deficiency, why don't we just tonify yin? Why do we have to worry about clearing deficiency heat? As long as we tonify yin, the problem will take care of itself. And the answer to that is, when we want to do something like tonify yin, it usually takes a long time. Like if you want to tonify kidney yin, you might have to have this person on herbs for several months before they start to seeing results. And so if your patient has hot flashes and night sweats and all these symptoms of heat, you don't want to make them suffer for months and months while you slowly build up yin. So instead, we add in these herbs that clear deficiency heat and they can take care of some of those branch symptoms while we're simultaneously tonifying in. So that's where the usage of these herbs comes from. But we should be clear that these herbs, they're not really sweet, they're not really tonifying, they're more just about taking care of the branch symptoms of heat. And to that point, we say these herbs are often combined with other herbs that clear heat and tonify in. Some of those that we learned so far were Shengdihuang, Romani erratics, and Xuan Shen, Scrofularia erratics. These are both in the cool the blood category, but remember they also had an action of tonifying yin. So this would be an example of treating the root and the branch, using herbs from this category to treat the branch symptoms of heat, but combining it with tonifying herbs to treat the underlying root cause. So we should probably mention, here's the thing about these herbs. Um, herbs that clear heat from deficiency, it turns out we don't actually use these herbs super often. That this is a very small category, but you might not see these herbs used very often in clinic. And the reason for this is these herbs are mainly used for that condition of the aftermath of febrile diseases that when you have a heat pathogen that's penetrated the body and depleted the yin, then we use these herbs to clear deficiency heat. And it turns out that we don't necessarily see a whole lot of that in the clinic. Like we don't, like in the, in the modern clinic, we don't usually have people come in and say, oh yeah, I had typhoid fever. My fever was so high, I was delirious and speaking nonsensically. Um, I was delirious and pulling at invisible strings. I was shitting blood. It was really terrible. My family thought I was going to die. But then we got rid of the fever and now, but now I have this lingering symptom of heat where it feels like my bones are steaming. That usually just doesn't happen in the clinic. Usually when we see yin deficiency in the clinic, we're seeing more things like women going through menopause. Like when women get to the, the perimenopause stage around uh, late 40s, they might start experiencing these symptoms of hot flashes, of night sweats, mal or flush. Those are very common signs of uh, going through menopause. Just because they're at a stage in their life where their yin is being depleted, that's usually the thing that we see in our in our clinic, and it turns out we don't actually use these herbs very often. And so, it, if you remember, we actually used some. We don't really use these herbs. We actually have uh, gone over some other herbs so far that also clear deficiency heat, and it turns out we tend to use those a little bit more. So if you remember Jermu, Anamorena rhizoma, this was in the drain fire category. We use it for uh, yang, ming, or qi level heat, but remember it also has an action of clearing deficiency heat. So this is an herb that we'll use very commonly in the clinic for clearing deficiency heat. If you remember, Huang Bai was in the damp heat category. It's good for damp heat in the lower jiao, but remember it also has an action of 
clearing deficiency heat. So this is an herb that we might use for those types of symptoms. Even mudan pea, remember that was in the cool the blood category. It's special because it both cools blood and invigorates blood, but it also has an action of clearing deficiency heat. So it could be that when we get to the clinic and when we start using, when we start seeing yin deficiency, at least in the modern clinic, you might not see these herbs come up a whole lot. That these herbs are really used more in formulas where we have this very intense heat, usually in the aftermath of a very severe febrile disease. And usually when we have very severe symptoms, like it feels like my bones are steaming. And it just turns out we don't really see that a whole lot in the modern clinic. So that's just kind of a forewarning that this is a very small category. There's only four herbs. These are not necessarily super important herbs, I would say. It's kind of like, I know that when I was in school, we divided our herbs into A-list herbs, B-list herbs, and C-list herbs based on how important they were. I know that other schools, they do three stars, two stars, and one stars. turns out none of these herbs are A-list herbs. None of these herbs are three-star herbs. These are you might just have to know that they belong to this category and you might have to know what it means to uh, treat yin deficiency or what yin deficiency looks like. So I skipped ahead in my slides here to make that point. So if we go back and look at the common properties of this category, these herbs are of course bitter and cold. Remember the bitter flavor clears heat and so that's what we're doing here is clearing heat. They're cold in temperature because we're dealing with heat. So like all herbs in this category they tend to be bitter and cold. They tend to enter the liver and kidney channels because again this heat is being caused by liver and kidney yin deficiency. So it makes sense that they enter the liver and kidney channels. Cautions and contraindications, uh, like everything in this category, these herbs are cool in temperature so we need to be careful in cases of spleen chi deficiency or people with weak digestion that these cold the cold nature of these herbs can damage the spleen and the main act the main function of these herbs is to clear heat due to liver and kidney yin deficiency so i think by and large if you know what kidney yin deficiency looks like all those things we talked about uh tidal fever malar flush heat in the five palms night sweats steaming bone disorder if you know that and then you know that the herbs belong to this category that should get you most of the way there on most of your test questions. And then we can say that these herbs are uh, often used to treat heat in the aftermath of a febrile disease where the heat has damaged the yin. So again, that's kind of what we've been talking about so far when we talk about the six stages and the four levels when we have yang meng heat, that heat gets deep in the body and it can dry out the fluids when we have ying level or shui level heat that heat is deep in the body and a prolonged fever can dry out the fluids and damage the yin and cause signs of lingering heat even after we expel the pathogen this heat can linger and so these herbs are good for treating those signs and symptoms so again there are four herbs here uh, in this category but it might be really important to review some of the other herbs that we learned that also clear deficiency heat like we said Jermu, Anamarena rhizoma, Huangbai, Philodendri cortex, and Mudan P, Mutan cortex. These are the ones that are going to come up a lot in our formulas, and these are the ones you actually might see used more often in clinic when you encounter a patient with deficiency heat. But let's go ahead and go through our herbs in this category. There's only four of them, so it should be pretty quick. And again, by and large, I say, just know that they belong to this category and know that what deficiency heat looks like. And that's going to be good for 
most of what you need to know. So our first one is Qinghao Artemisia annuae herba. Qinghao, Qinghao. So Qinghao is Artemisia, uh, or sweet wormwood, and like everything in this category, it clears deficiency heat. So here we're saying especially for lingering fever in the aftermath of a febrile disease, or lingering fever after a warm disease. We could even say fever due to blood deficiency. Or steaming bone disorder. This is going to be one of our major herbs for steaming bone disorder. So Qinghao basically just clears all kinds of deficiency heat. So it may be a little bit weird that we also said fever due to blood deficiency. This is a little bit weird um, because normally when we see blood deficiency, people with blood deficiency tend to be cold. But here we're saying fever due to blood deficiency. The person has blood deficiency, but they have a fever. And so this, we can maybe think of it as the person had a pathogen that went to the blood level and it damaged their blood. So they have blood deficiency, but their blood deficiency was caused by a warm pathogen. That's why they have fever due to blood deficiency. Or the person just has a lot of yang, and so with that blood deficiency, it tends to, um, because they don't have enough blood, the blood's not moving, it tends to stagnate, and then we get a feeling of fever, a feeling of heat. So... Don't, don't get too confused there. Normally, when we say blood deficiency, you should think that the person is cold in temperature, but it is possible that we can have a person with blood deficiency fever. So we can say fever due to yin deficiency or, in unusual circumstances, fever due to blood deficiency. So Qinghao is clearing all types of heat due to deficiency. Qinghao, Artemisia annua herba, also clears summer heat. So remember we said summer heat is heat that occurs in the summer. So this would be like sunstroke. You spent too much time in the sun. So things like fever, headache, and thirst that occurs during the warm summer months because of summer heat. And so we can add Qinghao to our list of herbs that are good for treating summer heat. We learned some in our previous categories like Xigua, watermelon, in the drain fire category. We learned Yudo and Hye, mung bean and lotus leaf in the... Um, uh, resolve toxicity category. So then here we can add another one. Qinghao is good for clearing summer heat. We also say that Qinghao, Artemisia annua herba, clears heat and, and cools the blood to stop bleeding. But this is pretty common. We've seen this in like most of the herbs in this category. But again, maybe this is important because when we talk about clearing this deficiency heat, we're often talking about a heat pathogen that is penetrated deep into the body. So if you have a, a Wenbing disease where the pathogen got to the blood level, you're going to have blood level heat. And then even after that, you're going to have deficiency heat. So it's kind of convenient that Qinghao does both, that it can, uh, when we have that heat at the blood level, it can clear out that heat to stop bleeding. So think about uh, Shui level heat uh, being the common factor here. And we say Qinghao Artemisia annua herba treats malaria, or we say it checks malaria, or I think Weissman says it interrupts malaria. But basically, we're using this as a treatment for malaria, so for alternating chills and fever that come along with malaria. And so it turns out this is a very famous function because uh, back in the 70s, a Chinese physician named Tu Youyou was able to isolate the active ingredient in Qinghao and she won a Nobel Prize for it, for uh, discovering artemisinin, 
the active ingredient that can be used to treat malaria. So this was kind of a famous Chinese herb that it got some international fame because it was something that was used classically to treat malaria. And she was able to discover the active ingredient and isolate it and use it um, in a modern context. And it's actually kind of interesting because it was very difficult to discover. And she realized she got this hint from a very classical text that said, make sure that you don't overcook Ching Hao. In fact, I think the, the the classic said, don't cook it, just soak it in water or use the fresh juice if you want to treat malaria. And so this kind of inspired her and she realized that this active ingredient, artemisinin, is actually destroyed by heat. So that was a very, uh, very important discovery in uh, isolating this active ingredient. So Ching Hao has a very famous action of treating malaria, and we should especially remember it because this Chinese physician won the Nobel Prize. It was a very important discovery to uh, isolate that active ingredient and know that we can use this herb to treat malaria. We just have to make sure we don't overcook it. So when we look at the taste and temperature of Ching Hao, Artemisia annua herba, we see it's cold, bitter, and acrid. Of course, it's cold because we're treating heat. It's bitter because the bitter flavor clears heat. We say it's acrid because it has an acrid flavor. It's not only draining the heat, it's also dispersing the heat. So the acrid flavor disperses, and in this case, we're saying it disperses the heat. Then what's kind of like interesting but also kind of annoying is... Is it aromatic? This is this is one of those weird things that when you look in Bensky, when you look in his key properties, actually this is true of, this isn't just Bensky, this is all the books. When you look at the key properties, it says, um, it lists the properties of Ching Hao as cold, acrid, and bitter. But then when you go down and read about the actions and you read the commentary, it talks a lot about how Ching Hao is aromatic. It's light. It has a light aroma that gently disperses heat. And so like in one part it says it's not aromatic, but in the other part it says it is aromatic. And when we're trying to take a test, you're like, is it aromatic or not? Well, the answer is maybe. Uh, according, when you just look at the key properties in Bensky, it just says cold, bitter, and acrid. But we should know that it also has an aromatic flavor. And maybe we can relate to that to the fact that it should be added at the end of cooking. This is a very common thing when we see aromatic herbs is we don't want to overcook them because prolonged cooking will destroy that aromatic property. So I think that's another uh, piece of evidence that or an argument we can use to say that Ching Hao is indeed aromatic in property. But like we said, um, this was a very famous discovery for malaria and Tu Yoyo discovered that Heat will destroy the active ingredients, so we better pay attention to this cooking instruction that Ching Hao should not be overcooked. It should be added during the end of cooking. Entering channels are kidney, liver, and gallbladder. Again, we enter the kidney and liver channels because we're dealing with liver and kidney yin deficiency. Or we could say it enters the liver channel because we're going to the blood level to cool the blood and stop bleeding, in addition to clearing deficiency heat. Then we also say liver gallbladder because Ching Hao has a light aroma that vents heat from the liver and gallbladder. We could say that we could relay this to the malaria thing when we say alternating fever and chills. That's very much a gallbladder thing. But we also will use this herb in certain situations to clear liver gallbladder heat. I guess that's kind of another annoying thing. We don't mention that as a separate function, but we can say this Ching Hao is used to clear liver and uh, heat in the liver and gallbladder channel. And that comes up in one or two formulas. But 
Really the big thing is Qinghao Artemisia annua herba clears deficiency heat for all types of heat. It clears summer heat, it cools the blood and stops bleeding. So we're treating all types of heat, all kinds of heat that are that's lurking in the yin aspects of the body. As for the name, Qing refers to the color. Qing means blue-green. I think this looks a little bit more green. So let's say Qing means green. Hao just means artemisia or wormwood. So Qinghao is sweet wormwood or green artemisia. So that's Qinghao artemisiae annua herba. Clears all types of heat in the yin aspects of the body. And make sure that we follow our special cooking instruction of add at the end of the decoction. Next is digu pi lysiae cortex. Digu pi lysiae cortex. Digu pi. Digu pi, like all herbs in this category, its main action is to clear deficiency heat for night sweats, chronic low-grade fever, irritability, thirst, and especially steaming bone disorder. So this is going to be another major herb for treating steaming bone disorder. You got, you got this yin deficiency heat uh, lurking deep in the body. It feels like your bones are steaming. It feels like there's heat emanating from your bones. So you can use DGP to treat that. But what's interesting here is in addition to clearing deficiency heat, DGP also clears excess heat. So again, we're uh, clearing heat and cooling the blood for bleeding due to blood heat. Again, when we see these, uh, these signs of severe yin deficiency, when we see things like steaming bone disorder, it's often in the aftermath of a febrile disease. It's often in a situation where an external heat pathogen has penetrated the body all the way to the blood level. So it's really convenient that these herbs also clear heat from the blood level because that's kind of how the th whole thing originated. But we also say that digupi clears lung heat. So when you get heat in the lung, cough with sticky yellow phlegm is a sign that the heat has cooked down the fluids. And so the phlegm because becomes thick, sticky, yellow. It's like, a, like when you simmer a stew to cook it down and thicken the stew. That's what's happening to the fluids in your lung. So we get this cough with sticky yellow phlegm. So this is kind of interesting that this is another example of an herb that clears both excess heat and deficiency heat. So to me, this kind of reminds me of that herb we talked about before, germu, anamorena rhizoma. If you remember germu from the drain fire category, on the one hand, we said it clears excess heat, excess lung and stomach heat, but it also clears deficiency heat. And so here we have a similar thing going on where we're clearing excess heat from the lung, but we're also clearing deficiency heat. It just turns out that in terms of clearing lung heat, it's not super strong. So... But that might be one thing you can remember about DGP clears both excess and deficiency heat. As for its properties, cold, sweet, and bland. It's cold because it clears heat. It's sweet. Why is it sweet? Does it really tonify? That's something that pe that people debate. That I think earlier in history, some people said that DGP did in fact tonify yin, and then other people came along and said it doesn't really tonify yin. It just doesn't damage the yin. And so it's kind of like because it clears the heat and protects the yin, that's kind of similar to tonifying yin, but we don't really see a major action of tonifying yin, but that's kind of why we say it's sweet in flavor. Bland in flavor, why? I don't know. They just do it that way. As for the name, digupi, di means earth. Like when we say human beings exist between heaven and earth, that's di means earth. 
Gu means bone, and pi means peel or bark or cortex. So di gu pi is earth, bone, bark. I honestly don't really know why it has that name, but maybe you can remember that gu means bone, and DGUP is good for steaming bone disorder. Remember, steaming bone disorder is that kidney yin deficiency is so severe, it feels like your bones are steaming. So earth bone bark is good for steaming bones. That's DGUP lysiae cortex. By way, sinanchi atrati radix. By way, by way, sinantiotratiuretix. This one is kind of interesting. It's kind of weird. Because even though every book puts this in the clear deficiency heat category, every book, the first action is actually not clears deficiency heat. Its actually main action is it cools the blood. And so this is kind of weird. Like, why is it why is it in this category clears deficiency heat when its main action is that it clears heat and cools the blood, which is something that we've seen in a lot of these other herbs. But here, even though I say clears deficiency heat, if you look in Bensky, it actually says clears heat and cools the blood. So again, we're even though we say cool the blood, we're still talking about these signs of yin deficiency like lingering fever in the aftermath of a warm disease that's damaged the blood or yin. So again, we have an external pathogen, a heat pathogen that penetrated the body all the way to the blood level. And so that's what's good about this herb is, one, it very it directly clears blood level heat. So we could say that we could use this along our other cool the blood herbs like Sheng Di Huang, Shuan Shen, to clear heat and cool the blood to treat blood level heat or Shui level heat. But it's also good for clearing that deficiency heat that comes after the shui level heat has been expelled. So when you say it cools the blood, it clears deficiency heat, but this is kind of like, it's still clearing heat from the blood level, but that heat is more in a deficiency stage now that that yin and blood has been um, kind of depleted by heat. We also say it's especially good for women's health conditions, especially postpartum fever. So again, when we talk about postpartum, uh, the process of pregnancy and the process of giving birth really takes a toll on the patient's blood. That's very common for postpartum patients to have blood deficiency. Like one of the major symptoms here is postpartum depression is usually due to blood deficiency just because there's a massive amount of blood loss that occurs when you give birth. So here with by way, what we're saying is in that postpartum stage where there's a lot of blood loss, the person now has blood deficiency, but they have a fever due to that blood deficiency, by way is going to be especially useful for fever due to blood deficiency. So by way, when you look in the books, what it's going to say is the main function of by way is that it clears heat and cools the blood. But we do put it in this category of herbs that clear heat from deficiency. So it's kind of implied that we can clear excess heat from the blood, but we're also clearing uh, heat due to deficiency at the blood level. We also say that, by the way, Sinantia tratiradix promotes urination to treat Lynn syndrome. Remember Lynn syndrome, uh, we sometimes translate this as painful urinary dribbling or uh, strangury, basically painful, rough, voidings of urine, uh, basically like a UTI. And it turns out because this herb clears blood level heat, it's going to be especially useful for situations when there's 
blood in the urine. So when we say promotes urination to treat Lin syndrome, we're especially talking about situations where there's blood in the urine because this herb clears blood level heat. And again, we can say this is especially for women's health or OBGYN conditions when we have this bloody Lin syndrome that occurs before or after childbirth. And then finally, we say that barley also clears heat toxicity to treat skin infection, but it's honestly not a major herb for this use. Um, we, we have a whole category of herbs that clear heat toxicity. You would probably go to one of those before you chose byway to clear heat toxicity. So what's interesting up here, when you talk about the taste and temperature, of course the temperature is cold because we're clearing heat. Like everything here, it's bitter because a bitter flavor clears heat. But we also say that byway is salty in flavor. Now, if you remember, we might have talked about this in the cool the blood category. Usually when you talk about salty, we say the salty flavor softens hardness. But another thing that we don't always mention so much is the salty flavor goes to the blood level. You can maybe think that blood is salty, so salty herbs can go to the blood level. And so that's what we mean when we say that byway is salty. That's a sign that this herb strongly goes to the blood level to clear blood level heat. Things like blood level heat, like uh, shui level heat in the Wenbing. Also blood level heat, like blood in the urine. And then also uh, fever and signs of heat due to blood deficiency, where that blood has been burned away by a heat pathogen. So that's why we say byway is salty in flavor. It's not because it softens hardness. It's not because it tonifies the kidney. Byway is salty because it goes to the blood level. So maybe that's something you can remember about byway, sinanchi atrati radix. In clearing deficiency heat, it's especially good for clearing heat from the blood level, and especially good for things that occur around pregnancy and delivery, either postpartum fever or Lynn syndrome that occurs before or after childbirth. So that's byway sinanti atrati radix. And the last one on our list is yin chai hu stellarii radix. Yin chai hu stellaria radix. So yin chai hu, like everything in this category, it clears deficiency heat. So it's good for yin deficiency fever and steaming bone disorder, kind of like everything in this category. If we wanted to mention something that stands out, something that makes it special, this is also good for fever that occurs due to childhood malnutrition um, or insufficient nutrition in childhood. So in Chinese, this is called gan accumulation, gan accumulation. And this basically we can translate this um, Gan kind of means worms, but we can really translate this as malnutrition, that uh, if a child is just not getting enough nutrition or if their digestion is really poor and they're not able to absorb the food that they're getting or if they, are, or if they have worms and they're not getting their nutrients because they have worms like uh, tapeworms or things that are eating the food for them, then they can become... Deficient, emaciated, but you'll also see some fever and some heat signs with this deficiency. And that's what yin chai hu is good for. It's good for fever that occurs with childhood malnutrition. So we say fever, emaciation, dry hair, yellow face, devitalized spirit, poor shen due to malnutrition, dietary irregularities, or worms. 
So I did put this, this note at the bottom. I'm not sure that you can read this on the screen, but if you go and download the slides, you can read this, that we talk about Wu Chur and Wu Ran. Wu Chur is the five delays, and Wu Ran is the five softnesses or the five limpnesses. And so these are signs that a child is not developing properly. So when we say the five delays, that means delayed standing, delayed talking, delayed body hair growth, uh, delayed teething, and delayed speech. That normally when a child is developing, we have certain markers of when these things are supposed to happen. And if um, if those are not happening, we say there might be some signs of um, insufficient nutrition or malnutrition, and that's called five delay syndrome, or those signs are called the five delays. Similar to that, we have the five limpnesses or the five softnesses. So soft head, limp neck, limp hands and feet, uh, limp flesh, like there's not a lot of tone to their muscles, and limp mouth. I would assume that kind of goes along with delayed speaking. When we say soft head, I think we mean the fontanelles aren't closing. So those are called the, like the five delays or the five weaknesses, and they have to do with uh, childhood development. And I just bring this up because I had a teacher that that's, that's the way he described this function. He said that Yin Cha Hu treats five delay syndrome, and that's the term he used for this childhood malnutrition. So I had a Chinese teacher who said that. But it turns out when I, I think when you look at most of our books, if you look at Bensky or Wiseman or Chen and Chen, they'll just say either childhood malnutrition or they'll use this Chinese term gan accumulation. And so the point here is yin cha hu is for fever and heat signs due to childhood malnutrition, or we could call it gan accumulation. So that's kind of what makes yin cha hu stand out. But it also is just used generally to clear heat from deficiency like fever, and steaming bones. And the last one we'll talk about is not on our syllabus. It's not on the NCCUM list. Hu Huanglian. Hu Huanglian. Um, this is not on the NCCUM list, but it does come up in some of our formulas, so I just like to talk about it as something extra. Just so you recognize it when it comes up, just know that it belongs to this category, that it clears deficiency heat, for fever and steaming bone disorder. It treats childhood malnutrition, same kind of thing as yin cha hu for heat associated with childhood nutritional impairment. And it also has an action of clearing damp heat. You can maybe remember that hu huanglian sounds like huanglian, which is good for the middle jiao and good for damp heat. So hu huanglian is good for middle jiaos and childhood nutritional impairment and for damp heat. So this is something that when we get into formula class, we'll see this come up in one or two formulas for yin deficiency, but technically it's not, it's usually not on anybody's syllabus, and I believe it's not on the NCCM list. But just so you re recognize that it belongs to this category. Hu Huanglian. Hu means uh, like barbarian or foreigner. It's the same as like Chai Hu. Uh, so it's like barbarian or foreign Huanglian. So that's Hu Huanglian. Oh, maybe I should also point out, sorry, I'm going to rewind, Yin Chai Hu. Uh, the name of this means, Yin means silver. So remember we saw this come up with uh, with that herb, Jin Yin Hua was gold and silver flower. So Yin means silver. So Yin Chai Hu is silver Chai Hu or silver barbarian firewood. And so even though the name sounds like Chai Hu, it turns out this herb has nothing to do with Chai Hu Bupluriradix. It's just they look similar 
or when somebody was trading them, they got them mixed up or something like that. But it just developed the name Yin Chaihu, Silver Chaihu, but really it has nothing to do with Chaihu Bu Pluriradix. But that's the name Yin Chaihu. And then Hu Huanglian, um, another one that sounds kind of like Huanglian, but you know it clears deficiency heat. So those are our herbs that clear heat from deficiency. And sometimes I think we're at the point where maybe it's useful to look at a few formulas. Not necessarily that you need to know formulas at this point, but sometimes it can help give some context to what we're doing with these herbs and what kind of uh, symptoms we're treating. So when we talk about formulas that clear deficiency heat, one of our major ones is Qing Hao Bie Jia Tong. Qing Hao Bie Jia Tong, sweet wormwood and soft shelled turtle decoction. This is a major formula for heat due to yin deficiency. We specifically say heat lurking in the yin aspect of the body, usually after a warm disease that depleted the yin and fluids. So again, we had a febrile disease, a heat pathogen attacked the body, penetrated deep into the body, and that prolonged fever damaged the yin and fluids. So now we have things like night fever and morning coolness. Remember, nighttime is the yin time of the day. So when we have yin deficiency, the fever gets worse at night. No sweating as the fever re recedes because there's not enough fluids to even have sweat. Emaciation with no loss of appetite. The tongue is red with little or coat. Red because of the heat, little coat because of the yin deficiency. The pulse is rapid and fine. Rapid because of the heat. Fine because of the yin deficiency. There's not enough yin to fill the vessel. Fine and thin are mean the same thing. And so you'll notice that this is one of our major formulas for uh, treating yin deficiency. Qing Hao is in the name of the, the formula. So you better know that Qing Hao is a very good herb for treating yin deficiency heat. Uh, Bie Jia is turtle shell. This is in the tonify yin category. So again, herbs from this category like Qing Hao are treating the branch symptoms and we have to combine it with herbs like Bie Jia, turtle shell, to tonify yin to treat the underlying root cause, which is the yin deficiency. So Qing Hao and Bie Jia are this, are this good pair where Qing Hao is treating the branch, Bie Jia is treating the root. But then you see some other herbs that we've talked about so far. Sheng Di Huang was in the cool the blood category. So it's good for clearing heat, but also nourishing yin. So this is another one that's nourishing yin. And then we remember we talked about Jermu and Mudan Pi are two herbs from different categories that we learned that also have an action of clearing deficiency heat. So when we talk about, about heat due to deficiency, it's going to be very common to see these herbs as well. Herbs like Jermu and Mudan Pi. Another formula we learn when you get to formula class is Chingusan, cool the bones powder. Chingusan, cool the bones powder. So hopefully you can tell from the name of this formula, this formula is for steaming bone disorder. This is a formula specifically to treat that feeling like your bones are steaming, a feeling of heat that emanates from the bones. So we have afternoon tidal fever or unremitting chronic low-grade fever. Again, this is a very, uh, very classic symptom of yin deficiency heat. Sensation of heat in the bones, but the skin is not warm to the touch. It turns out we have a couple different types of steaming bone disorder, whether you're warm to the touch or not warm to the touch. Don't worry about that right now. Irritability, insomnia, emaciation, lethargy, all signs of heat. 
red lips and dark red cheeks. Again, that mal or flush, you get that heat going up into the face. Night sweats because yin is deficient when it comes to nighttime, the yin time of day. The yin can't contain the fluid, so you start sweating at night. Thirst and dry throat, just signs of dryness. And again, tongue and pulse look like heat with yin deficiency. So anyway, this is a formula for yin deficiency heat. This is a formula specifically for steaming bone disorder. And when you look at it, it's kind of like we just took all the herbs from this category and threw them together in one formula. So in this category, we have uh, yin chai hu, hu huang lian. That's the one that's not on our syllabus, but here's an example of it showing up in a formula. Di gu pi, remember di gu pi, the gu means bone. So di gu pi is good for steaming bone disorder. And ching hao, our, our first one for uh, clearing deficiency heat. So we basically took everything in this category and threw it together into one formula and said this formula is good for treating steaming bone disorder. You can also see jermu is there. Again, that's another one that is not in this category, but it still has a, a strong, reliable, famous action of clearing deficiency heat. So when we talk about clearing deficiency heat, you had better remember that jermu has an action of clearing deficiency heat because it comes up in several formulas. So in addition to just the herbs in this category, we also need to know that herbs like jermu, huangbai, mudan pi, those herbs also clear deficiency heat as well. So just as a summary, again, it's pretty easy. We only have four herbs. Ching hao, Artemisia annua herba, clears deficiency heat. Ching hao actually clears all types of heat. It clears deficiency heat for lingering fever. It clears summer heat. This is one of our... Uh, latest herbs for clearing summer heat. It cools the blood and stop bleeding, you know, because we had a pathogen at the blood level and that's how the situation started. And it's also very famous for treating malaria. So you should probably remember Ching Hao malaria. You might not be treating malaria in your clinic, but historically it's important. So sometimes they like to ask about it. And remember that Ching Hao has a special instruction of you have to add it towards the end of cooking. Do not overcook Ching Hao. Uh, the prolonged cooking of Ching Hao will destroy its aromatic properties and will destroy that active ingredient. Digupi, Lycii cortex. Digupi clears deficiency heat. Um, it's especially good for steaming bone disorder because gu means bone. And this is one that we can say clears both excess heat and deficiency heat. So again, I think this is kind of like germu and a marina rhizoma, that it clears deficiency heat, but also clears excess heat from the lung. By way, cynanchi, atrati radix, by way is the one that's salty in flavor, so it goes to the blood level. So even though we say clear deficiency heat, really I should follow the books and say this uh, herb cools the blood and treats blood level heat. So deficiency heat at the blood level, but especially for things that happen around childbirth. So postpartum fever or Lynn syndrome, blood in the urine that, be, that occurs before or after childbirth. Yin Chai Hu, it clears deficiency heat, but also treats that gone accumulation or childhood malnutrition. That if the, the child is not getting enough nutrition, they become deficient and have a fever and other heat signs like a yellow face and things like that as well. So that's the specialty of Yin Chai Hu. So that is our category, herbs that clear heat from deficiency. Again, if you want to uh, download the slides to follow along, you can go to the website, tcmstudy.net. If you go to tcmstudy.net and click on Herbology 1, 
we can scroll down here and uh, when we get to, where did I go? Herbs that clear heat from deficiency. You can download the slides. You can either download them in black and white or with the color photos. So you can download those slides to follow along. There are flashcards. There are three versions of the flashcards, uh, depending on how much printer ink you want to use. So some of them have some extra notes and underlines with them. So you can uh, get some flashcards if you like to print out flashcards rather than using slides. And also there's a practice test, a short practice test because this is a short category. So again, what special cooking instructions should be followed when using uh, Ching Hao? Looks like I made a typo, I need to fix that. Ching Hao, we add near the end of cooking, don't overcook it. Which of the following statements about herbs that clear heat from deficiency is true? These herbs are warm and acrid. They may cause dryness. No, these herbs are not warm and acrid. These herbs clear heat. They're not warm in temperature. You don't use warm herbs to clear heat. So cross that one out. These herbs also have a strong action of tonifying yin, meaning they treat both the root cause and the branch symptoms. No, they don't. Uh, herbs that clear heat from deficiency are only used for branch symptoms. These herbs tend to be toxic. Their doses are much behind. No, these herbs are not. That's just totally false. These herbs generally treat the branch symptoms of heat. They must be combined with herbs that tonify yin to treat the root cause. That's true. And that's something we saw in our formulas when we looked at those formulas. We, yes, we took all these herbs that clear deficiency heat, but we had to combine them with things like uh, bie jia, turtle shell, or sheng di huang, these other herbs that tonify yin uh, to treat the root cause. So anyway, um, if you wanna if you wanna download those slides, if you want to take a practice test, you can go to tcmstudy.net uh, under the Herbology One tab. And as always, special thank you to the Patreon members for their support. Basically, these videos are brought to you free and ad free thanks to the support of viewers like you. That it's uh, we really appreciate your support and your donations to keep the channel, the website, and all of this stuff running. It turns out. All this stuff costs money, so thank you for doing that. Um, I just got on Wikipedia earlier today, and they're doing that thing where they have the big blue banner at the top of their page that says, if you got value out of this website, please donate, because Wikipedia is free. I feel like maybe I should do the same thing on my website, put a, put a huge ugly banner that annoys everybody and say, all this stuff is free, please donate if you like it. But anyway... We appreciate the, that support. If you want to support the this channel, the website, and everything that goes on, there's some links in the description below. You can join the Patreon. That's like a monthly pledge. You can do a one-time donation through Buy Me a Coffee. Um, you, there's merchandise, and there are uh, review courses as well. So when we went through this category, we kind of went through in a little bit more in detail with each of the herbs, talking about all of the functions, the taste temperature, and so that's why this lecture ended up being an hour long, even though there are only four herbs. Uh, there are review courses on the website that goes through things in a much more condensed fashion. So if you're studying for finals, or if you're studying for year ends, or if you're studying for boards, there are some paid courses on the website that go through this. Uh, just kind of review it quickly, just touching on the major functions of each herb that's more suitable for review. So that's another way you can support the website is uh, look at those. There's links to that below. There's also a description. Uh, there's also links on the website. So I think that is it for now. We will see you next time with a category downward draining herbs and
We'll see you then. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.